song. You mean, it's not my song, it's Kathy's. <laughs> are you going to sing it? Well, are you going to clap along at least? I, I, I can try. Yeah, it's happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> happy anniversary. Oh my god. Has it really been one year of us blabbing oh. about dance Apparently. and dance related things and other bull crap? Apparently it has been. Wow. Time flies. So I legit showed up at Sophia's house and I'm wearing a blue dolman top and she answers the door in a blue dolman top the same fucking shape. <laughs> Navy blue. And I'm just like, well, damn it. And we're going to go to a dance show tonight. So it was just like, we're going to be twins. It's yeah. Fine. I was like, should I change? <laughs> this is like very on brand for us. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Barf. <laughs> oh my god. We gross people out. I know. Yeah. Well, they've been listening to us blab for a year, so... <laughs> we must not be that terrible. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god! It's... I mean, I think we're actually past our anniversary because we've just been yes. so busy. Yes, we have. Things have been a little bit nut- nutty. For the past couple months. Yeah, it's been a busy summer. I'm going to have a busy fall, too. Yeah, it's going to be real crazy. Yeah. What is it not, though? We're always like, oh, oh it'll come festival down. season is like May through July or August. Not true. No, it's definitely It's like year-round. Expanded. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also start rehearsals for Shadow Dance on Thursday. Yeah. Two rehearsals a week. Three hours long, plus probably more right before the show. So yeah, and then we have general skills coming up with Fat Chance and yeah, right before that. Yeah, there's just a lot of shit going on. I'm gonna be exhausted. I know, but it was a busy summer. It was. Um, Looking back, it was such a blur. I know this whole year has been a blur. Trying to like. We should do like a retrospective on our last year. Like, I don't know. We like just talked about a lot of random shit. Yeah. We should do a clip show. <laughs> like one super clip lazy. reel. <laughs> In bloopers. Oh my god. I feel like our like the episodes are just like one long blooper. <laughs> oh god. Blooper reel. Oh my um, god. I mean, thank you to our like five listeners. <laughs> There's more than that. There's more than that. Are there? There's like five listeners and two of them are us. <laughs> I, I wish I could say like one of them's my mom, but she no, is not. not even my mom. My mom doesn't even know what a podcast is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This would hold much interest for like non-dancer people. Right, right. <laughs> What did you do on your summer vacation? Oh my god. We have like a whole list of stuff we need to review. So when we last left you... We went to Hot Rocks. We went to Hot Rocks. And Which was June. Waited two months to release. <laughs> Which was mostly my fault because I took forever to edit it. But um, 
Last we talked, we were at Hot Rocks, which was awesome. And then just like a whole bunch of other shit has happened since then. Uh, you went and did Detora Eight Elements, which we'll talk about later. Yes. So we can like segue into our, our topic. But there's been like three big events since then, I guess. Like first there was John Bala. Which I couldn't go to and I'm still super salty about. <laughs> Because and if you have seen the performance, which we will link to, <laughs> it was goddamn freaking phenomenal. And you know what? I was at like one of the rehearsals. Yeah, you guys only were... we only had one rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was at their one rehearsal standing in for Siva, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn it. This is going to be so good. Why has my family got a goddamn visit? Damn it, family. Um, but yeah, the performance mixed wild card style with tessera dialect and jen and kara's sword dialect yes. for ats yeah and let me tell you you guys brought it <laughs> i remember you. watching that video and i think it was at work and at me being like oh, <laughs> i want to make so many noises but i can't oh. this is so quiet but yes watch it it's like the perfect collab. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I guess we should back up. Sorry. Well, Jambala okay. was our first episode. So it this was. is like full circle. Jambala was our first episode, which we did with um, Deanna Freeman, uh, who kindly let us stay with her. Um, and we did the Get Ready With Me episode. Yeah. So definitely check that one out. Um so yeah, it's like full circle. It's a festival up in Portland that's put on by Elise Morris. This year it was at that Lewis and Clark University, which is just outside of Portland. It's really beautiful. It has a real like Hogwarts vibe to it. Which is another reason why I'm super salty. <laughs> I didn't go. And yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun. We definitely missed you. next year (laughs) next year next year it's a really great festival i took morgan Faye's zill workshop Mm -hmm. which was super fun and uh she just had us doing some zill work over like isolations and stuff which was super challenging (laughs) you're just like yeah Yeah, I think Morgan comes from... She's certified in Suhaila style. I'm not sure what level. So it was a lot of, like, hip work over, like, halftime feet with, like, left-leading triples. Mm. It was a lot of fun. Um, It's that brain-breaking fun that... Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. And she's, she's a beautiful dancer, so... Yeah, she's one of those dreamy dancers. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I see videos of Buxana, I'm just like... I know. Fine. Yeah. Be beautiful. I know. <laughs> Sahira was in her workshop. Yeah. And I totally pulled, like, an embarrassing fangirl moment. I totally like, had... Hi. Yes. That was, like, legit me. I was like, I don't... I actually don't like meeting famous people... Because I remember just... when we met RuPaul? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember. This is why I don't like meeting famous people. My fish is awkward. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just, just 
feel like I never have anything intelligent to say. Like, the only thing I... I literally was just like, oh my god, I'm such a huge fan. <laughs> and she was so friendly. She was so sweet. I bet she was super gracious She was. It. She was. She's exactly, like, it the same in person as she is, like, on social media, so... She was very, very sweet, but I was just like, oh, I guess the words were leaving my mouth. I was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, Sahira is just like a Zill mm. powerhouse. I don't know if you saw her performance from Jambala. Yeah. Fucking amazing. She did an acapella. And I actually didn't see this in person. I didn't realize she was there until right. I-, I think I saw her in the workshop. So yeah, I totally yeah. missed her performance. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I wish saw I, it on YouTube. I know. I wish I'd seen it in person. But she did an acapella Zill performance with four, three or four different Zill tones. Oh Jesus! Yeah, and it was. Just, I mean, I have never seen anything like that. It was really, really incredible. I mean, just like uh, we'll link to it. I can't yeah. even describe it because it's just like. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Maybe it's good that you didn't see it in person, because you would have turned into a puddle. Yeah, probably. I would have just, like, you would have had to wheel me out of there. <laughs> Stretcher. Yeah. Like, someone call ambulance! I need an ambulance! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so I did Morgan Faye's workshop, and then the collaboration was just... I mean, we've coll- we've collabed with... Damiana before. Yes. So Jesse and I danced with Jen Sardina at Cues and Tattoos one year mm-hmm. and did some sword slash tessera stuff. stuff. But all of us are, you know, total like girl, have girl, girl crushes, crushes on each other. So Je- gross. I know. We've all, we, we all just, we're all friends and we all have mutual appreciation. And we're all disgusting. And we're all really fucking gross. So. <laughs> We've been talking about doing, like, combining everything into one performance for a while now. And I don't know, somehow, somehow we got the wildcard girls to come up to Portland. I don't think they'd ever been to Jump Ball before, so. Really? I don't think so. Oh, that surprises me. It yeah. seems like they're jams. Yeah. They'd be good instructors. Mm-hmm. Hint, Maybe hint. next year. Maybe. Hit, hit, nudge, nudge. Um, so, yeah. I mean... I don't really even know how it came together. It just kind of did. Like, well, I think a part of it is that everybody's just so chill. Everyone's super chill. And the wildcard girls, as we've mentioned before, are very proficient in ATS. ATS. Like, they are extremely solid ATS dancers. So, and, But you guys learned some of their combinations. Yeah, we learned some of their combinations. Like <laughs> the tip and the clap. We learned the clap. <laughs> you contract in the clap. Yes. The wildcard girls gave me the clap. <laughs> um, and then the tip, which is the Tessera-inspired pass. So we managed to get the Tessera-inspired pass and the wildcard-inspired pass. Because Tessera, yeah, yeah. Tessera has a wildcard-inspired pass yeah, called the whip. So we were able to squeeze all of that shit in there. Honestly, it was like the most jam-packed five minutes. Yeah, I was on the edge of my seat. I don't know how, I don't know how we did it. It was great. It was a lot of fun, and it really, I mean, like you said before, we had that one rehearsal, and Siva wasn't even... She wasn't even there! (laughs) Okay, I guess technically we had two, because then we had a workshop 
I mean, we had a rehearsal at John Bala. Yeah, but it was probably like 15 minutes or something. It was like an hour. Okay. Um, but it was one rehearsal with the, all of us. All of you. Yeah. Yeah. All of us together. Shit. I know, man. No, it's so good. It's so good. It was a lot of fun. I like that. It was a lot of fun. It's something we've talked about for a really long time, so I'm glad that we were able to keep make your it eye out for more. I know. The uh, wildcard Hofla is coming up in November, so November maybe seventeenth. Maybe we can uh, strong arm those. The day after Shatterdance. It's gonna be a big weekend for you. I know. I've already done. I get to go to Shatterdance and just watch. I know. <laughs> Tickets go on sale. If you're in the Bay Area, tickets for Shadowdance go on sale October 1st. Is that Tuesday? I believe so. I don't know if we'll get this out before October 1st. But... Yeah, but tickets are out. <laughs> <laughs> they might be sold out by the time we no, get this out. No, it's in a big theater near Fort Mason this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. Come watch me be spooky. Yeah. <laughs> so spooky. Werewolf. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> Spooky. Okay. Cookie. So that was Jambala. Jambaler. And then uh, right before that you did Eight Elements, which we can, I want to save for last. Yeah. We just did Coastal Belly Fest. Yes. In Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Which was actually, you know, we should backtrack. That was actually the second time that we've been to Santa Cruz in the last, like, two weeks. Because we did the crepe place. Was that two weeks ago? It was not oh, that God, long ago. It was like ago. late August. Yeah. Huh? It Holy was shit. Like, within three weeks we've been to Santa Cruz. Definitely twice. within the last month, for sure. Yeah. So, we did the crepe place with Fat Chance. Yes. Which was put on by Helen A., who also does Coastal Belly Fest. Yes. A vibrant, lively Santa Cruz belly dance scene. Smallish, but... Very, very nice people, and they got a lot going on. There's a Billy Dance studio down there. Mm-hmm. It's very, the crepe place was really cool. I think the next time we go, we will bring a sound system. <laughs> it was no fault of anybody's. Like, we're zilling. Like, I don't think yeah. they got a lot of people. with Well, with four people zilling. Yeah, at yeah. once, so... Yeah. But it wasn't... It wasn't... It was a... The, the crepe place is a restaurant in Santa Cruz... And there's, like, back patio that usually has live bands. And um, it's shaded, which is amazing. But Santa Cruz is usually much chillier than the East Bay, where Sophia and I live. Anyway. It's legit hot that day. It was, yeah, it was super hot that day. But we get down to Santa Cruz, and it was, like, what, 20 degrees cooler? Yeah. And it was shaded, so... There was a, the stage was set up all, it, it was like, it's a triangle shape. Yeah. So behind you is like the tip of the triangle. Very challenging. So that space. was a really challenging space. And Sophia and I did a sword duet. Sword! And <laughs> this was my, my fun anecdote of that gig. Right as I was picking up the sword, it fell into the grass behind the stage. So it was a momentary like, Wait, how did it fall? It just was so close to the edge oh, of the stage. It just you like, like it. yeah. <laughs> so like right before we went on, I was like digging it out of like dead leaves. 
<laughs> I feel like we have had some shenanigans with sword. Yeah. Like, like the first time we ever did a sword so duet together, it was probably not the first time, but we did it at EDF. Which was a bad choice. And I forgot, this was totally my fault because I forgot to warn you about the bracelets. The bangles. The bangles. And like it got stuck on your bangle, which like, excellent recovery. The hilt of the sword actually went through my bangle (laughs) and I'm trying to level out the sword, but it's stuck in my bangle. So I'm like, oh God. And it's not like a cheap one. It was like a silver, like really heavy duty. Carolina used to own them. So I think I just like, maneuvered my wrist yeah, out of it. Enough. And it's in the EDF video. It's so, like, if if you hadn't mentioned it to me, I would not have noticed. That's all I saw. Well. Yeah. That's how that shit goes. And then there was that one gig we did at the Senior Center. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I still, like, oh my god. We did a gig at a Senior Center in San Francisco and we walk... I don't know why. This... They asked for, like, props, though, didn't they? Or did we just offer? I think it was one of those things where they wanted a half-hour set, and we were oh, like, yeah. how we were the like, fuck oh, are we going to fill oh, half an hour? With I think there was four of us. There were four of us, so we were like, oh, well, I guess we'll do some... Four? Yeah, we'll yeah. do some props or whatever. And I did not even clock this when we walked in. Ugh. So we, like, walked in, and we they took us to, like, a little green room area, and it didn't even occur to me until we went out there with our swords <laughs> that there were streamers hanging, hanging from, the ceiling. from the ceiling. Because it was a holiday bazaar. Yes. So they had all these decorations up, and, I mean, if you're familiar with, like, the Damiana sword vocabulary at all, there's a lot of, like off-arm stuff. Like brandishing. (laughs) Where you're like waving the sword through the fucking air. (laughs) If we were any taller, we would have just ripped those Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think we ended up not doing a lot of like the fancier stuff. stuff. Yeah, Yeah. just because there wasn't space for it. But like, I just had this image in my head of us like (laughs) tearing down all of their holiday streamers and then them for years being like, remember when we had those belly dancers that ruined our holiday bazaar? Uh, oh no. Oh my god. That was amazing. Jeez, oh, I don't know why it didn't even, it literally did not occur to me until we walked out. Yeah. From We had already walked through the room. Yeah. yeah. It didn't occur to me either. Yeah, and I think I looked at you and was like, oh, oh shit. What? Anyway. It happens. Gotta adapt and just go with the flow. Improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yeah, so then you knocked your sword into the grass. <laughs> yeah, I knocked my sword into the grass. That was fun. <laughs> and my my little nephew was at the, well, he's not like a fa- actual nephew. He's a friend of, you know, really good friend, little kid, was at the side of the stage clapping for us. Oh. But he was clapping on the upbeat and not the downbeat. <laughs> And I kept getting distracted, <laughs> being like, dude, find the one, find the one. I know you're only 18 months old, but find the one. <laughs> no, it was super cute. That was really cute. It was a, it was a really fun gig. Fastest costume change ever. Oh, yeah. That had to be the, I mean, it what was, a challenging space. It was like, hella awkward too, because yeah. like, there was no green room. There was no green room. 
It was outdoors. They sort of gave us like a mini bar. Like a, it was like a bar. Yeah. But full, like, in full view. In of full view the of the audience. And were Which like, we knew, like, we knew going in, well, we were told in advance, but I don't think, like, conceptually I knew what that meant. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither. If it had, like, yeah. If I knew going in, like, maybe if we do the crepe place again, I'm going to be like, you can change your skirt, but don't change your top. I don't even think I would do I would a just costume do the same change. Costume. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares. Uh, yeah, I mean, we did, we did two sets, two sets. The first set was like sort of folkloric. So yeah, we, we did like Banjara and like the veils and the hair. Uh-huh. It was really beautiful, but the veils weren't going to work with the sword. Yeah. So we took off the veil and then we, I think we just did, just took off the Banjara skirts. Right? Yeah. Wait, and, what did we have on under? Whatever skirt you were wearing like, underneath it. Yeah. I don't remember what I think I brought another skirt. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be extra and change. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Oof. That was rough. People eating crepes and omelets, and we're just like, we're just going to duck down here and put a bra on. I know. Just ignore us. (laughs) It was like 10 minutes. Don't mind the man behind the curtain. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Helena did a good job of like trying to distract. The <laughs> she was like asking people trivia about belly dance, <laughs> and like there was a table of belly dancers there that were there to support. Like some of our students were there, but like people were eating breakfast, yeah, and lunch. Yeah. Like they weren't there to <laughs> answer belly dance trivia. But Helena did a really good job of if like nobody was answering the trivia, she was like, "Oh, well, let me tell you a yeah. story and let me direct your focus over here. I'm going to tell you about my festival. I'm going to da da da." Yeah. Yeah. No, she's really sweet. She is really sweet. It was a fun gig. Yeah. Um small turnout, but that's okay. Whatever. We got good tips. Anyway, so that was like the last time we were in Santa Cruz and then Last weekend, we went for Coastal Belly Fest, which also is run by Helen A. Yep. Um, we were there last year. We did an episode about it last year. That's true. We did. That was episode yeah. two. two. Yeah. So, full circle. I think um, that's our most listened to episode. I haven't checked recently, but last I checked, that was our most listened to episode. Because we talked about our embarrassing experiences. It was like our first performance. Yeah, our first performance experiences. Yeah. And then we had Casey and Sean on there. And Robin. And Robin. Oi, Robin. (laughs) I say that with love. Yes. (laughs) So at CBF, we did uh, a Tessera performance in the afternoon. With Michio. Michio was the three of us. We saw the the, uh, beautiful dancers of Divine Chaos who came out from From, Arizona. Yeah, from Phoenix? Phoenix? Yeah, they run the Phoenix Rising Dance Festival. Um, they looked like beautiful phoenixes. They were so sparkly. Like, they were wearing those red and gold Lorex magical fashions skirts, and they started doing skirt work, and it just, like, the, the lighting on the stage was a little bit amber, mm-hmm. and it just amplified that gold. Yeah. So, I was just like, ooh. Yeah. Phoenix. 
Phoenixes. Oh my god. <laughs> I was so surprised to see them there. Yeah, me too. When I saw their name small, on the yeah. yeah. When I saw their name on when they published like the list of people that were dancing. I was like, is there another different I was <laughs> like, is it really gonna be them all the way from Phoenix? They were super sweet. We only got to really hang with them for about ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So Anyway, the afternoon was a jam-packed Tessera set. We just got the video. Yes. So, who knows? Maybe, Maybe we'll have it be out. out. Yeah, I'll probably be out by the time we get this ended. Yeah. Um, Definitely looked better than it felt. <laughs> I think that's every performance for yeah. me, though, just because I'm such a, like, yeah. I'm just hard on myself. Right. I mean, we're all hard. Or we're all our own worst critics. We've We've discussed that before. Um, anyway, so we, we had some d- dialect in the Tessera set, which was really fun. And then we went and had pizza. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a bit of a wait because we joined Persephone for the gala show. Yep. Sean and Robin. Yes. So. They, they had was... such, you know, I should run and get the, the program and read what they wrote. Oh, that's so cute. And they wrote, like, the sweetest bio. Okay, so we danced with Persephone. They submitted, like, I, we're totally, we have to use this for something because it was so sweet. It says, Persephone Dance Company, Sean and Robin Ryan, which makes it sound like they're married. Aw, Sean and Robin <laughs> Ryan. Is joined by sister troop Tessera Tribal, Jesse, Sophia, and Michio. To bring the magic of American tribal style ballet dance to life on the stage in a 100% improvised, unrehearsed set. Yeah. Sit back and enjoy this celebration of feminine beauty, strength, and tribal sisterhood. Ooh, I just got the shivers. They should have used, uh, was it hash- hashtag joy of dance? Oh, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, we did not rehearse. And in fact, that night, Robin changed the order of the music. Yeah. So, like, right before we went on, Robin was just like, okay, so everyone knows that we switched the order of the songs, right? Sean was like, what? <laughs> Sean was like, huh? But we got there. It was good. It was great. Well, it was songs that we all knew oh, yeah, really yeah. well. It was the Dionysma mm-hmm. songs. Summer Bonfire yeah. and... Or the other one? I don't remember. One of the one of the ones that we've used before. Um, Dionysus Mount Afrit Temple. Yeah. Well, it's actually Afrit Temple and Lost Nomads, and oh. then the name of the album is Dionysus Beauty and Unity. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just call it the Dionysus CD. Yeah. Unrehearsed, pure improv. I think it's such a rush. It's such a rush. I think it's really the most successful when you are working with a very high functioning group of dancers who all know their shit and know their music really well. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for if you are dancing with somebody who is a a different level to you, just having that discussion. Yeah. Like, what do you know? What do you not know? It's just being responsible and a, a good fellow dancer. Like... When I was talking to Robin and I did a slow duet and she was like, please no levels. She's like, I could do the drops tonight, but no levels tonight. And I'm yeah. really glad that we had that conversation yeah. before we went on. 
But I've also danced with people where they're like, I'm not really keen on the volume nine stuff. So, you know, it's just checking in with people. And, mm-hmm. but I, you know, there is something to be said for you all are very stellar levels. You all trust each other. Like we've known Sean and, and Robin for a long time now. So they joined us in Sunday Streets. Which we totally forgot to put on the list because Sunday Street's oh happening in July. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I don't think we've talked about that at all. Yeah, so that was another collab day, but like, and they're just so chill. Like it was, it was like, are we gonna do this? Yeah, okay, let's go. <laughs> and then we got on stage and it was great. It was magical. Yeah, yeah, and it's really interesting because like I guess we could talk about Sunday Streets now because I mean the way that we learn, like we cut our teeth in level four classes performing, mm-hmm. like preparing for performance in level four, where basically what would happen is you would get a set and then you would have to figure out Within on the like fly five minutes. how you were going to break it out. Like, okay, here's the scenario, whatever, you're in a new straight fair, here yeah. are your three songs, you have seven dancers, what set are you going to put together? Yep. And that was the approach that we took to Sunday Streets. Yep. When, I mean, and I think this always came as a surprise to visiting dancers. Oh, yeah. That we wouldn't break out the sets ahead of time. We would literally do them... Right at the gig. Yeah, yeah. like 15 minutes before we went on. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it was expected that you knew the music. You know, you wouldn't pick if you were points. Like, I generally was right. points for all of the Sunday Streets yeah. gigs. But, like, I picked shit that people knew. Right. So you just... There's an expectation that you know the music and that... Obviously, you're if you're doing Sunday Streets, it was you're a level three mm-hmm. dancer, proficient. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I mean, that's how Fat Chance would do their sets originally, yeah. like way back in the day. Yeah. They would grab like a tape, and like they would figure out what set they were gonna do right, right before they went on. So, it still happens, just not as frequently. Yeah, Sunday Streets for sure. The instance with Persephone at their show, for sure. Mm-hmm. I love doing it. Actually, I could say last, even last night, we knew, like, we did a gig at this this uh, community center. Fat Chance. Yeah, it was yeah. a Fat Chance gig at a community center. It was me, Anita, Yuka, and Michio, and we knew what the music we were doing, but we didn't break it out until we got there. Mm-hmm. And we did two sets, and we broke out the first set, like, 15 minutes before we went on for the first set. Then we had like a 30 minute break and just discussed it during the break and went on and did it and then we left. Yeah. Hit it quick. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there are sort of, sometimes there are sort of two schools of thought about improv performance. It's like super rehearsed. You know, there's, there is such a thing as like over rehearsing yeah. your sets and it's something that we really try to avoid for the most part, because if you rehearse something over and over again, then you end up doing the same thing over yeah, and over again and it sort becomes, of veer into choreography. Yeah. Um, uh, and then there is also the school of thought that's like, well, it's an improv format. So whatever, we'll just like, yeah, we'll just like get on stage and do whatever, which yeah, you could do that. Mm. That is the thing that you could do. It's not my preferred approach to performance. Right. Um, Certainly, I think there's probably time and place for that. Like, Sunday Streets is a little more... Can sometimes be a little more like anything goes. Yeah. Um, But I think it's good to 
have a plan when you go on stage. Yeah. Just because it's improv doesn't mean that you go up and you don't know what's going to happen. Right. Have a plan. Yeah. (laughs) Have a plan at least. Like, I think, um... It's structured improv. Yes. Yes. I mean, if it was 100% improv, I could throw whatever at you. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, jazz. Yeah. Dance, you know? Yeah, it was really interesting because I was having a conversation with a friend that I saw recently who is not a dancer... And, um, she, she told me that she had been watch like looking, watching my dance videos on Instagram. And I was like, that's really interesting because I didn't think there would like, I didn't think that there would be any interest for a non-dance, like total lay person. Yeah. She was like, yeah, they're super fascinating because I mean, I knew that you did an improv format, but to me, like improv means like you just go up there and you like do whatever. Yeah. But she's like, there really is, like, a structure to it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, totally. I mean, it's basically a language. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess improv to us maybe means something different than... It's definitely, like, a structure in improv. Yeah. Just, like, language and talking could be a, can sort of, like, a, I'm not just saying words. Yeah. And expecting you to get the meaning. Right. I mean, it could. You'd be like, what the <laughs> goddamn hell? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> anyway, so yes. Coastal Belly Fest was a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll get video for the Persephone set. Yes. Soon. Um, yeah, just a really fun festival. Yeah, we um, did a bit of shopping. Scored some... Some vintage um, trolleys. Helena was, and her, I think it was her, like, old dance partner, were selling these really old, I believe made by Gwen, of flying skirts, um, like, Banjara trolleys, and, like, Banjara brocade. Mm-hmm. And they're beautiful, and they're definitely old school, and they definitely need to be altered. <laughs> I mean, I was going to wear mine last night because we did a whole, like, Banjara thing. Yeah. But I put it on, and, like, the the sleeves are too long on me. Huh. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to ask Carolina to alter them. Yeah. Well, because they're not stretchy. No, they're, it's like... knit. Not knit. It's woven yeah. material, so... And I scored, um, tattooed one on VHS. Yeah. So, uh, when the studio closed, I rescued two bags of Fat Chance cassette tapes with all of their old sets on them. Like, some of them say EDF, some of them, any, like, just have random track listings on them. They're all handwritten, and you can tell that you just, like, put them in the boombox and hit play. So I feel like I have this, like, piece of history at home. Mm Mm-hmm. And buried among the cassette tapes was a VHS tape um, of a performance. And I still haven't been able to watch it because I don't own a VHS player. (laughs) But I plan on getting it converted. So, but I'm also hella busy. I think Costco will do it for you. I'm not a member at Costco. Oh, I'll take it. Okay. (laughs) And I scored a VHS tape of the Romany Trail. So, I'm excited about that, too. Yeah, yeah Helena had some, like, amazing some vintage gems. shit. She had this... What was it? Uh, not a moo-moo. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, 
amazing caftan and she definitely had two of them and I was like Jussie I was like no <laughs> I don't want to look like a, a, a widower oh my god I a rich widower I kind of wish I'd gotten that caftan though you can I can message her Helena <laughs> and be like hey you know that crazy fucking <laughs> caftan you have do you still have it I might need it your birthday's coming up I, I know get you a glitzy true. caftan <laughs> And like one of those long cigarette holders. Yes. So you can, and it's those like slippers with the little kitten heel and the uh, puff ball at yep, the end of it. Yep. And I'm going to come over one day and you're going to answer the door and you're going to be like, oh, how may I help you? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know why this is happening. I basically am like, I want to look like a wealthy widower. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> God. Anyway, best. anything else about CBF? Um, I didn't take any workshops. No, because they were really workshops. early in the day. Yeah. And we were already going to be there for a really long time. Yeah. So the Salonport Collective performed. Two Salonport yes, Collectives Yes, the performed. Berkeley one and the Santa Cruz one. Yes, they yes. They just amazing, crazy choreography and just... It's it's my uni. That's yes, the song they did. I fucking lost my shit. I was we were just sat there. It was really quiet. And then it's my uni comes on. It's an Upper Egypt ensemble song, while the Berkeley Salemport Collective is on stage. And Sophia goes <laughs> and grabs my arm. <laughs> I was so excited. I was really hoping they were gonna do that one. And they did. And they did. It's like my wish came true. Maybe one day you'll learn it. I really want to. So bad. That is so... I I saw Abby and I don't know... I guess it was probably the Berkeley Salonport Collective do the Ismayuni set at like an Underground Nomads thing. Mm, yes. I was there too. And I was... That's what made me want to take classes with her. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, also a song that we know, that yes. we dance to, which after that I was like, well, we can never dance to this song anymore because it's never going to be as good. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, that's ruined slash amazing. So <sighs> I don't feel like so I can do it justice No. No. So yeah, maybe someday. Maybe someday I'll get to learn that choreography. <sighs> It'll be your dream. I'm going to learn how to actually like contract my glutes first, oh. though. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a weird segue. Um, I remember taking a Suhala style class, like workshop, and it was one of those where you were sat on the ground, your legs splayed out in front of you, mm-hmm. like spread eagle. I can't fucking spread eagle to save my life. No, neither can I. I have to sit on a yoga mat. Yeah, me too. I've been going to Abby's Tuesday classes, and she looked at me. And she was like, "You probably need a yoga." Mat. <laughs> Do you lean back on your hands and you're just like, well, oh, oh. what are you doing? I sit on a yoga mat and I bring my legs in pretty close. It's yeah. pretty sad. I was like, now you know my deep, dark secret, which is that I'm extremely inflexible. But I remember, like, the teacher being like, all right, contract your right glute and contract your left glute. And I was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me, Nyla? And I was sat right behind her and she, you know, it was Sharon Kihara. She was teaching this drill. And... Her butt just went, fa-boom, fa-boom. And I'm just like, Ugh! 
And I, I sat there with the weirdest concentration face. And I swear to God, nothing in my glute was moving. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And I was like, uh, am I doing it? Am I doing it? <laughs> I maybe felt a little little tushy twitch. Yeah. <laughs> but n- nothing. No. Have you been getting the glute squeezes? No. <laughs> I've been working on, I was telling you earlier, like, I've been working on just being able, just being able to, like, squeeze the glutes without contracting everything else. It's like my entire lower like, body. Yeah. Your toes go, Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <They> spread. <laughs> exactly. Because it's just such a foreign movement for us. There is no, there's zero glute contraction. Yeah. Whatsoever. We're supposed to be loosey-goosey. Yeah. Yeah. And like they, somebody was like, no, not that glute, the other glute. And I was like, what? <laughs> It's just one booty cheek. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. (laughs) Anyway, sorry for the segue. No, it's fine. So, yeah. They, I mean. Definitely whip their hair back and forth. Yeah, man. I just, like, I I just want to whip the hair so bad. See, you have hair to whip. It's true. I'd have to wear a full lace front. Glue that (laughs) shit down. (laughs) And knowing me, it would look like cornflakes on my hairline. <laughs> I, just I would just like get off stage and with a fro. <laughs> anyway. But I look forward to the day where you someday. perform goals. Someday I would. I hope. Yes. Someday I hope to learn. Well, it's like that's like five years from now. Um, It'll happen. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, so two Salonport collectives we got yes, to see, which was super Santa fun. I learned that that those copper, the uh, like the dark brown like metallic. Yeah, one, that is like dub, isn't it? Is it? I yeah. don't know. It's like the Salonport collective, uh, color right? color. Yeah, so all of the collectives have yeah, it's that, Debbie from yeah. New York City that makes all the costuming for the Salonport Collective. Yeah, so that way when they travel to other cities, if they want to dance with another collect Salonport Collective, they all have the same That's costuming. so smart. And they all each have something a little, a bit, little bit different. A little bit different, yeah. But it's all the same color, and it's super smart. Yeah, and like, it's like flatter. It's like a color it's super that looks good on everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Abby was wearing pants and like a halter style mm-hmm. top, but her fellow dancers all had skirts. Yeah. But it still looked like one cohesive unit. Yeah. It was really cool. It was real good. It was real good, guys. It was so real good. Um, <gasps> I was so excited. People legit turned around and looked at me like, what the fuck Didn't is Sarah Shrapnel turn around and she be like, did. all right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was a noise. <laughs> I was so excited. I was so excited that they did that. Sarah Shrapnel's that. group, Nashi Dula, was a vision in Rose oh, Gold. Oh, no. <laughs> that was another costume that really caught the light. Not yeah. Her moves were, like, so slinky, and but then hit hard. So it was great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So that was last weekend, Coastal Belly Fest. And then... We kept, we, as promised, now we talk about how you went and did eight elements. Oh, uh, yeah. And you are now an initiate. I did. I, I did eight elements initiation. 
And yes, I passed all the tests, and which, you know, I could probably get into a little bit. But I am now an initiate, and maybe one day I'll be a cultivate. Cult, cultivation? Cultivate? Mm-hmm. So if cult- you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Oh, yes. Rachel Bright <laughs> has a program for dancers called Eight Elements, where she basically takes you through sort of, it's a bit of detour style improv, it's a bit of her own practice methodology, uh, and it's a bit of like the yoga style that she, uh, teach, she studies and teaches, and she's a goofball and I love her. Rachel? Yeah. She was one of those where it's like, I don't want to talk to you because I love you so much. Yeah. But she's so goofy. That she's so approachable now mm-hmm. to me. So, yeah. No, it was um, five days, Monday through Friday. And we started at 10 a.m., I believe, and went to 5 p.m. And the morning was, you know, a lot of discussion. We did zill drills, a lot of music theory. Um, there was the one of my favorite parts about it was if you talk to other initiates, the one thing they'll say is like one of the best parts of doing. Initiation is the costume cafe. Mm. Because it's not only just like you get to paw at Rachel's costume. <laughs> Exquisite costuming. Um, and, you know, she's got some of her iconic items in there. So, like, with a triangle bra with, like, the Turkish sort of, like, piece of jewelry that is, like, super long. That's there. Um, all of her a suit. <laughs> yeah. And the... Oh, what is the video, the the trio, where they're wearing those giant headdresses with the, like, chimes on them? And they're doing... From Tribal Fest? Yes. Yeah. And those are there, and you can handle them, and I was terrified because I was going to break them, and, like, it's obsidian chimes that are mm. on those, and it's so pretty. But it's, it's part pawing at Rachel's beautiful costume and part history lecture. So you get to really, like, it's not, it's Rachel's personal history, though, so it's, like, how she developed and who her main inspirations were. So it's a lot of videos of, um, like, Marty Love was a big influence on her, and Carolina, obviously, and Katarina Berta, and we got to see a lot of old footage of the Indigo, which was really cool, and Heather Stance, Hmm. she was a big part of it, um... But yeah, she would say something about Carolina, and she'd look at me and go, "Is that right?" <laughs> like, yeah. Masha Archer was a big part of it, and Shasha Higby, which, if you don't know Shasha Higby, she is a artist and a costumer, mostly artists like moving sculpture. So she creates these giant wearable pieces of art, and she does like live performance. She's Bay Area, so she's up in, like, Sonoma, I think. Mm. Sonoma County, somewhere. She did Shadow Dance a couple years ago, and it's just, like, super ethereal, sort of, like, Jim Henson-esque, like, yeah, sculptures. Mm -hmm. Very cool. But, yeah, so the costume cafe, and then we had to do a bunch of, um, line drills, which I know you love. I love line drills. And it was... July in Portland and the studio wasn't air conditioned so I've never been so mentally and physically exhausted (laughs) and sweaty in my life. Every night we had like a reading or a homework to do and at the end of the week we had to take a written and practical test. 
Which I passed. Yeah. So that was fun. So what made you decide to do Eight Elements in the first place? Is it something that you would like always wanted to do or it was just like kind um, of on a whim or? It was, so I was one of the scholarship um, recipients for this year. And the year before, I had been just looking for something new to do. You know, I think at the time I had applied, I'd already, I had been doing ATS for, I don't fucking know, a really long time. <laughs> I've been super dedicated and in ATS since 2002. So I was just seeking something to break my brain a little bit. And this was before I joined up with Ariella and her troop. So... Mm -hmm. I was like, well, Rachel's doing a thing. That would be fun. I really like her style and, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot. It wasn't something I was going to fight for a spot for. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I'll, I'll try for the scholarship. If it happens, it happens. If not, maybe I'll wait next year and try to mm -hmm. buy a spot. So I drank some liquid courage. Whiskey. And... <laughs> I wrote a little essay on why I wanted to take it. It was a little bit of a really wanting to challenge myself and um, a, a lot of, more about like I really want to have more experience in other improv formats and you know learn other languages and see how they've developed so I can better teach my students like their choo-choo is different from our choo-choo, so if I'm in teaching a class where somebody has done a lot of Dotura but not a lot of ATS, I could probably identify that and help, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's basically what it was about, and then I got the scholarship, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> totally was not expecting it. Yeah. But I'm really glad that I did. I really like Rachel's approach. And I think the one thing that really struck a chord with me was sort of the readings leading up to the uh, the whole intensive was an article about fixed versus growth mindset as well as the little book of talent mm -hmm. and I know a lot of dancers recommend the little book of talent and you know reading it I was like damn I am hard on myself <laughs> so and I recommended you read it too like, yeah you know, yeah you that. did you mentioned it and I, I grabbed it and it's a very quick read there's a lot of really good tidbits on, on practice in there but I think um, the first thing that struck me about the fixed versus growth mindset which is not from, it's not from It's Daniel not from Coyle. Little Book of Talent. It's, um, it's, and I can probably put the, um, Yeah, we, don't, we can include we the can TED Talk. We can link to the TED Talk. Um, a woman, a Stanford psychologist, Carol Dweck, um, she wrote a book called Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. You know, so being a student and being a teacher, it was really interesting to, to read about this. And it sort of, it made me reflect and how I've been treating myself as a student. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's sort of like, well, if I can't do it right the first time, I'm a failure. <laughs> and I shouldn't try it anymore. I don't know you. Oh, Not when I was way. Yeah, when I was first starting sure. dancing, I was just like, oh god, I can't get this. Why am I bothering? I'm just gonna quit. Mm -hmm. You know, or if I when I first started my project management training, I had a really hard time. And I was like, I'm never going to get this. Why am I bothering? Like, I just wanted to quit. It was either success or nothing. Mm -hmm. And 
what the fixed verse that was a very fixed mindset and hearing about the growth mindset I was like oh okay mm -hmm. and it's something that I think that we learned in teacher training but without it being called that mm. you know so when a, one of your students is dancing and they're not really getting it you don't just be like no you're wrong get out <laughs> You know, you're just like, you did Even it, if you want it's to do great, that. it might not be perfect tonight, but you put yeah. in a lot of hard work today. It's focusing on the work to get there instead of like perfecting it in that minute. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, oh, why am I so hard on myself? But I'm like super open with my students, mm -hmm. you know? Have you, do you feel like you've always been hard on yourself or it's like a recent thing? I think I've always been hard on myself, but I also think it was a learned behavior from school. Mm -hmm. You know, classes are always pass-fail. You know, either you got an A or a B, you know, you passed, great, or you failed. Yeah. There, you know, there was never a really an emphasis on, like, the journey to success. It was either, like, it was SATs and Scantron mm -hmm. sheets and... Yeah. GPAs, and if you weren't of a certain GPA, you were excluded from some things. So mm -hmm. I really think it put me in this sort of fixed mindset where if I couldn't do it perfectly quickly, then I was a failure. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, doing Ariella stuff, doing other dance formats, I can't get it immediately, right? And I'm sure it's the same way with you when you're taking um, Abigail's class, mm -hmm. like... Do you ever get that frustration where you're just like, God, I'm never going to get this. Why do I bother? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're like, but what we should be thinking is I went to class. I yeah. got there. I tried. It's yeah. not perfect today. Right. But at least I got there. And at least I'm making progress towards a goal. Which I was like, oh, shit. That is basically project management, right? <laughs> because you take a big goal, a big task and you break it down into more achievable chunks mm -hmm. and you work iteratively mm -hmm. until you achieve the big thing and I was like fine <laughs> I was like why did I not see this before why yeah. didn't I connect these yeah. dots so I the big thing that I learned doing eight elements was to stop being so hard on myself for not being able to do a different kind of arm undulation that I spent 18 years perfecting, mm -hmm. you know, that I'm still working on. Mm -hmm. We always talk about learning ATS as more of a journey and not a destination. So why, when I flipped the script to like a different style, did I expect immediate perfection? Right. Yeah. So I, it was just like a rude awakening for me, huh. but I really loved it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, totally. I think that one of one of the tips in, one of the uh, tips in Little Book of Talent is like to ignore. I forget what is the exact thing is, but it's like ignore the myth of uh, the prodigy. Yeah, you know. So there's sort of this like common narrative in society that like there are people who are just like naturally talented, right? right. And I think. You know, that's true in dance too there are, I've met plenty of dancers who I would say are natural dancers you know right. it comes really easily to them the musicality the musicality there, comes like... really easily the movements come really easily 
And I think that like being a good ATS dancer is certainly a mix of talent and skill and hard work. You know, it's like all of those various things. If you have sort of a baseline of talent, like, yeah, that gives you a leg up, but that's not going to make you a perfect ATS dancer, right? And so... It's not going to make you a perfect anything. Right. So it's like, we got to where we are working really fucking hard. Yeah. You know, like, we worked really hard to be the dancers that we are And we're talking five classes a week. Because this was back when, you know, there was Tuesday night class, Thursday night class, and And all Saturday Saturday class, yeah. And we took group privates with all of the teachers who were Mm -hmm. available. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were working ourselves to the bone to get to where we are. Yeah. Doing all the trainings. Yeah. Auditing GS, teaching GS, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting with Carol, you know, reviewing our performances (laughs) and learning a lot. And I'm very grateful for the experience. But looking back on it, I was like, wow, that's really like... You know, we worked a really long time, and it wasn't an instant thing. No. So why am I expecting... (laughs) I don't know. It just seems like such an obvious... We've talked about it before, but in, like, dance terms, like, when Amy was just like... It was always right there in front of me, and I just had to open my eyes and see it. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what happened to me. Yeah. I was like... Well, it's just that you have the experience and the information now to, yeah. like, be able to see it. Yeah. I still can't do an arm wave to save my life. Oh, God. Don't even get me started. Like, we worked on arm undulations last week Knuckles, in Abby's class. wrists. Fuck. No. <laughs> I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah. I can't do it, but I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. I think that, um, I think that little, the little bit of talent, I think, is, would be a really great a uh, book club thing. ATS book club? Yeah, if your troop is so inclined. I I think that it's a really good guidebook for people who are interested in taking their dance to the next level and aren't really sure how to do it. I, I'm sure you have had students come up to you and say, like, I want to be really good at this. Like, what should mm-hmm. I do? I certainly have had students ask me that. And it's always or, really interesting yeah. what their reactions are because... You know, I always say, like, you should go back to level one. Yeah, you know? and a lot of people get frustrated. They with don't want to hear that. That's not what yeah. they want to hear. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, like, I don't know, reading this book really, I felt, like, validated a lot of my personal approach to dance and was reflective of my own experience as mm-hmm. to, like, how I got to where I am now. Yeah. Um. Because it's like you said, you know, it's about like taking a big thing and breaking it down into something smaller and then working on perfecting those individual things. Right. If you if your goal is to um, achieve the perfect score or whatever, we're not scoring, but you want to perfect every single ATS movement ever. Right. Let's just take the segment of fast vocab and segment that down further into just shimmies. And you list out all the shimmies. Turkish shimmy, shoulder shimmy, guazi shimmy, you know, sunanda. Mm-hmm. They all have the same base movement, which is the shimmy, right? So those are your building blocks, right? So shimmy, then shimmy family, then what else can I do? Travel, you know, crazy formation work with it, like layering. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... I was like, why didn't I see this before? <laughs> 
I mean, I think you were already doing it. It's just that you didn't realize that you were. Yeah, it's funny how that I, I allowed myself, you know, the, the participation award. Like, you did it. You went and did the thing. It might not have been great, but you were there in some aspects of my life. But it was very fixed in other aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just joined the gym. And I'm going to class, and it's an hour-long class, and I'm surrounded by very fit people who are all running on the treadmill, and I'm just doing that mom, like, power walk on the treadmill, and I'm like, I, it's, it's one of those things where you look around the room and you're like, oh, God, I'm never going to be this good, you know? Why do I even bother? And then... Somebody will say, it's not about competing with the other people in the room. It's about competing with yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, ugh, yeah. Stop looking around the room. Look at your stats. Look at how you're doing. And then try to improve on those. And I did. Like, I've only been going for a month. But I can definitely... I definitely have more stamina than I did a month ago. Mm-hmm. And it's very small increments. Mm-hmm. But, like, for the first couple weeks, I was just like, well, I should be running. But if I run, I will die. Yeah. But I was looking around the room. You know, I need to stop looking around the room. Keeping your eyes on your own paper. That's mm-hmm. another thing that Rachel said. Keep your eyes on your own paper. Compete with yourself. You know, um, give yourself permission to have a bad day, mm-hmm. too. You know, some days the shimmy is just not going to come. But the point is, is that you went into the studio and you tried. Right? Yeah. And sooner or later, that pin is going to drop, and mm-hmm. you're just going to be able to shimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's... I think that that's true, yeah. Uh, if you keep working at it, eventually... Eventually, hopefully, you'll get to where you want to be. And, and not just going into the studio to practice. Keep going to classes. Keep going yeah. to a lot of classes. Yeah. Keep going to level one. Keep going to numerous Ooh. teachers' classes. You know? You never know... When you, if, if you've been going to a teacher for a couple months and maybe they have somebody stand in for their classes, they word something just a little bit different and you're just like, oh, okay, and it completely resonates with you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think what the Little Book of Talent provides is really a mindset for how to think about practice and mm-hmm. how to think about progress, right? Because it's like, if you don't get something right away, that doesn't mean that you'll never get it. It just means that you don't understand it. You don't know how to do it yet. And something that he talks about throughout the book is like this idea of using mistakes and failure as um, an opportunity to learn, which I think is really important because like, you know, when we look at our videos and all we can see are the things that we didn't do correctly, like that doesn't mean that that can't be fixed, right? right? Like you are identifying a thing that you can then work on. So I think that, like, unless we're willing to confront the things that we don't, maybe don't do as well as we want to do, if we can't confront that in a constructive way, then we'll never be able to fix it. Right. And I think um, it was like, you know, going back to the whole sword thing, you didn't tell me about the bangles. (laughs) That is totally my fault. (laughs) No, but it was a learning experience for me, though. And it's ever since that happened, I don't wear the fucking bangles when I do sword. Because I have a flashback of getting them caught. Or, like, 
you know, I've always hated my Egyptian arms. So, there's a journey for me to work on. I remember Carolina being like, why do you hate your Egyptian arms? And then she's like, wait, what's wrong with your arm? And then she felt my elbow and she's like, oh, you're pointy. And I was like, well, I know. <laughs> but, you know, I think there's something to be said about this, you know, we've constantly harped on about how this is a journey there's no real destination. You're just always going to be striving for the dancer that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like always drifting. I mean, we all have things that we want to work on. Every performance I look at, I'm like, oh, well, here's like five things that I yeah. would like to improve. And you know, you can't 100% rely on video just because, you know, it's two dimensions. It's not a three-dimensional thing. Like, the video is going to be a different experience than the live performance. So I've learned to cut myself a little bit of slack in that regard. But if the shimmy's not there, the shimmy's not there. Yeah, <laughs> right. I and mean, that's the thing. is like video. Yeah. I, you're right. You know, some details are lost in video, but video does not lie to you. <laughs> right. And you know what? Video also, is, a harsh, is harsh in its assessment. <laughs> but you know what's harsher? doing a private lesson and gathering live feedback mm-hmm. from a teacher. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, Jesse and I had, like, the most brilliant conversation we've ever had, Ooh, and the, like... It was like, really good. The fucking thing cut out, because, you know, that's the what happens. But, yeah. Sorry. So, we'll just... We'll... we'll get back into the conversation yeah we, you know we we i think we'll probably end up doing like a whole episode on the little book of talent just because it's so good and there's just so many nuggets there so nugs nugs oh, i could go for some nugs, nugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh we might have to do an ats book club book club with uh little book of talent and there's other books out there too like the power of habit yeah. is really good so um, anyway, we had to jet to Cafe Belly at Ashkenaz, the Cafe Belly Revival. It was on a uh, break for six years. Six years. I can't believe I that. Know. It was, it's a local event quarterly, I think, at Ashkenaz, formerly run by some local belly dancers. And then I think people like moved out of the area. Mm-hmm. But Natalie Nayun, who's a beautiful like multi-talented dancer she does so much different stuff she belly dances she does persian she does tajik she does all kinds of shit super talented um took up the mantle and brought back cafe belly so this was the first one that they've done in six years it was awesome it was really awesome it's such a great community event um i forgot who the charity was but it's a charity event so all of the proceeds go I think it was like a woman's um, shelter. shelter. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesse and I went as spectators, which is like so awesome. Uh, It always feels like such a joy and a relief to actually sit. I know, dude. Every time time we get to just watch, I'm like, we should do this all the time. Um, But yeah. um, So next time, expect more on The Little Book of Talent. Yes. And next up, we have 
uh, ATS reunion. There's only two more spots for the Tessera movement dialect. Get workshop. on it. We got Get a lot of new shit. Yeah, we do. And be the first people yeah. to learn it. If you've taken like this workshop, this particular workshop with us before, it'll probably be different. Completely different. So yeah. Two spots. Two spots. Get them while you can. And join us on Saturday at reunion during lunch. Grab your lunch, grab your sammies and your chips. And sit with us for a live recording of the queue. Come yes, do the clap with us. Ask questions. Send in your questions <laughs> beforehand. That's to... the intro clap, not the wild card clap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you want us to like talk about something in particular or you have questions, like feel free to shoot us an email at what's the queue at gmail.com. Uh, but yeah, there's so much going on, so much happening. Sophia's going to Paris. So, if you are in Europe, come say hi. Come say hi to Sophia. It'll be awesome. (laughs) I'll be watching her cats while she's away, and I'm going to bring my Yuri cat over and just leave him. And and I'm just going to take Bayani. I'll have the two good ones, and you can have the two bad ones. They'll just be sitting there hissing at each other forever and ever. <laughs> what if they become best friends? Oh, that'd be so cute. Oh, cute. Small pointy cats. <laughs> oh, God, it's bedtime. Okay. All right. Thanks, y'all. Woo! You've been listening to The Q an ATS podcast with Sophia Salazar-Rubio and Jesse Stanbridge. The music in this episode is Twist Science by Dam Scray, available from the Free Music Archive. A heartfelt thank you to all of our listeners. Thanks for celebrating our one-year anniversary with us. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us a message anytime at whatstheque@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Target today. It was a Weezer cover, though. And if you've ever... If you're subscribed to Sophia's Instagram feed, or if you're subscribed to the Tessera one, I don't remember which one it was, but there was a certain... I think it was, like, back in the spring after we took the uh, Hot Pot ITS level two intensive. We were driving back down from Sacramento and I was so exhausted and hungry. I was singing Africa into a slice of pizza. So Sophia might still have this video and it might live forever on the internet. You might want to cut off, cut me rambling out. (laughs) I was telling him about the time where I was singing Africa into a slice of pizza. Oh yeah, we can link to that. Is that still a thing that exists? Probably. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well.
my more finer moments. It really so. was. It was really peak. <laughs> I need to just die now. 